Let's go! Welcome into the pod. It is Kato Sports. Back at you on April 11th. It's a damn Tuesday, as always. Huge long weekend. I hope everyone got away for a little bit, saw some family, ate some good food, drunk some good wine. I know I went up to Country Vic, up to my parents' ranch up there. Uh, spent a lot of time on the golf course. Obviously, I was watching the Masters every morning. Um, then going out onto the golf course with my old man and my brother. And uh, it was just a, a great weekend. I was shanking them all over the place at the start. But by the end, I was Tiger Woods uh, on day four. So it's always good to, you know, just get a bit of time to go away. Watch the whole Masters was awesome. John Rahm, absolute ripper just played such a beautiful four days but especially that last day he just played so well he was so consistent and that's what you never win the masters with one shot you win it with a whole day of play good drives lay the ball up two putt that's how you're going to win the tournament we watched a lot of footy this weekend as well up at the ranch very similar you don't win premierships in march and april and you see Teams can light their season up now and teams' seasons can, can you know, really have a spanner thrown in this early. And you've seen that with the bookend games. Collingwood didn't have a ruck. They go up to Brisbane. They kind of got smashed. And they've got issues there with that ruck problem. They, they, Oscar McInerney was one of the best players on the ground. And, you know, they're going to have to figure that out. And they look so hot through through the first three weeks, and I'm sure they'll be able to turn it around. I'm sure they'll get players back, but premierships aren't won in March and April. And then on the other end, the Cats, whose season, their preseason started at halftime because they were getting embarrassed by the worst team in the comp. And I think, you know, the, the, the leaders in that team came out. It started raining. The bigger bodies were ready, and they said, come on, this is embarrassing right now. And Dangerfield and Guthrie, Jeremy Cameron's the best player in the comp. They, Hawkins, they just went to work and they completely worked the Hawks. Their season is now officially underway. They've got a big percentage boost, so they're not falling too far behind the pack. They've got some really winnable games in their next few. I think they've got West Coast in their next couple of games, which is just a tick win at the moment because unfortunately they just don't have the players on the park. So Geelong are underway. Their campaign is rolling. That was just piggybacking on last week's theme, which is, you know, it's never as good as bad as its theme, as it seems. This week's theme, I'm going to talk about a few different trends. And I think the best way to talk about trends is talk about the player that I think symbolizes that trend. So I've got about five players I want to talk about. And I uh, I think they're all absolute rippers. So we're going to talk about five players who who show five different trends in the game. And the first player I want to talk about, off the top of the show, they're on four wins at a trot. He is absolutely going nuts. It's it's Mitch Owens of, of the St Kilda Football Club. This dude could do it all. He can absolutely do it all. He's not he's not a one string to a bow to his bow player. He's mercurial. He can kick goals. He had 27 touches. He's built for the moment. He was he wanted the ball when the when the Saints got on a bit of a roll. It was 
get the ball to Mitch Owens, or he'll go and find the ball himself. He had five tackles. He had five hitouts. So he's got the ability to, to go in and play second ruck. He can have 27 touches. He can kick two goals. The dude is just it. And he's come on in spades this season. And I think he shows what teams are looking for when they're going out now and looking for players uh, that are going to win them games of football. In the draft, you want guys that have every string to their bow. And we've seen it. The best players have been Dustin Martin and Bontempelli and Christian Petrarca. You need guys that can have 27 and kick two goals. They're the types of guys that are going to win you games of football off their own back. And they are... They're just these guys that, you know, you look at guys like Dacos as well and, and Sheasel and Ashcroft, they can kick, they can have 25, but they can also kick two or three goals. And I think Mitch Owens is just playing out of his skin. The Saints are playing out of their skin. The, the ability to have a guy in your team that just wants the moment and wants the goals is is a big part of what's going to make your football team go from being a middle of the range, kind of seven and eight, nine and 10 team, not sure if you're there or not there too. Jeez, this team can, can tear us apart. And I think Mitch Owens is becoming that guy. And it's awesome to watch because the Saints deserve it. They've been basically crap since the middle of the 2010s. They've just been nowhere near awesome. They've just been kind of there and they're turning it around. They really are turning it around, and he is a barometer for their team, and he looks awesome. So congratulations, Mitch Owens, and that's what teams are looking for in the middle of the draft right now. They're looking for guys who can have 27 touches and kick two goals. That is the, that is the player they want, and, and the Saints went and stole one. The next player that I, I, I really think kind of epitomizes what the AFL and what the trends are in the game is, if you can use the ball well going inside 50, you will slaughter teams. And Jordan Dawson had had, had 27 touches and 26 were effective. He had 19, 20 kicks and 19 were effective. And he was easily the best player on the ground in the Adelaide uh, and Freo game because he just uses the ball better than anyone else in the competition. And you've got to go out and find those guys because they're the types of guys that are going to win you games of football. And at the end of the day, it's about winning games of football. And Jordan Dawson just uses it so well. And he gives the what is now one of the most dangerous forward lines in the league, and I've been talking about it for weeks, he gives them the best looks. And whether it's Rochelle or whether it's Tex or whether it's this young bloke coming through, Lockie Gallant or Phil Thorpe, it doesn't really matter. They're getting first look at it. Fogarty didn't play. McAdam didn't play. It doesn't matter. They're getting such good ball use from the Adelaide backline and midfield. McHenry used the ball well. Brody Smith used the ball well. So they're, they're just... They're getting the ball in there, and it, and it looks really nice. And I think having that forward synergy where the ball's coming in well with the use of a guy like Dawson, that's what's going to win your games of footy. 
And it, I, I just, you watch Dawson and go, wow, what a, what a pickup. What about the Adelaide recruiting staff and going, we need players who are going to change our football club. And the best thing we can do is add good ball users in. Bailey Dale in the, in the, in the slop. In the, in, the, in the torrential rain of the Richmond Dogs game, had 30 touches. He went at 85% efficiency. Used the ball so well. Had so many good kicks. And you go, geez, God, we'd, I'd love to have a player like that. I'm a Hawthorne man. I'd love to have a player like that at the Hawks. Someone who can just, in any conditions, in every game, use the damn ball well. So... Congrats to Geordie Dawson. I thought he was just a, just a ripper. In a, in a similar light, match winners. And, and I think match winners is, is, is the theme that kind of runs through them, but there's different types. So, you know, there's guys that you're going to pick up in the draft that are going to be these 27 and 2. That's one. There's guys that are going to use the ball well. That, that's two. But the third is, is, is guys who can just... Be a barometer for your team. And when they play well, there's, there's honestly no chance of, of stopping the team. They're just match winners. And Jake Stringer for the Essendon Football Club is just a match winner. It just seems like when, when Stringer is on and rolling around, there's no way he can be stopped. He had 10 shots a goal. Now, you'd like him to, to kick you know, 7-3, not 4-6. But there's no one stopping Jake Stringer when when he's bouncing around. And you know what he does? He leads to good areas. Then he leads back. Then he gets out of the 50. Then he rolls around for the the handball receive and he kicks goals. Similar to Jeremy Cameron, who I think is the best player in the competition at the moment. The work rate is just unstoppable. He goes up. He goes back. He goes out of 50, he works his way around, he gets up the ground, he helps the ball get inside 50, he gets to the crumb. You can't stop Jeremy Cameron when he's on. And, and, and same with Stringer, you can't stop these mercurial forwards when they're on. They're just too dangerous. They're too, their work ethic is too hard. They want to kick goals. They really want to kick goals. And when you look at teams, and this is going a bit into the poor performances of the weekend, Fremantle, uh, the Suns and the Hawks. They've just got a bunch of forward lines with a bunch of players that don't really want to kick goals. Isaac Rankin wants to kick goals. Josh Rochelle wants to kick goals. You look at the forward lines, uh, uh, sorry, you look at the forward line for the Carlton Football Club. Kerno. And Mackay's worst enemy is when they both want to kick goals. So what did they do this week? They split the two guys up. They said, okay, when Kerno's in, Mackay's up. When Mackay's in, Kerno, you're up. Give them space. Give them a paddock to work in and see how it goes. Oh, they kicked 10 goals between them. Now, their issue, I think, earlier on in the season was that they were both working in the same space and they were getting blocked up and it was getting easy to, to defend because two guys were, were kind of leading to the same spot. But now they've just got to, oh, you know what? Mackay, you go up the ground, mark the ball, kick it to Kerno, he'll kick the goal. Or opposite, Kerno, you lead up, you mark it, we'll give Mackerno a pa- we'll give uh, Mackay a paddock and he'll kick the goal. So having these forwards that are just 
unstoppable when they're on and they want to kick goals is, is really awesome to see. And just a shout out, he hasn't been unstoppable, but I loved Jeremy Finlayson's game on the weekend. I just thought when Port needed a forward to stand up, and I think that Charlie Dixon, you know, he's he's very here and there. They, they needed someone else and Finlayson went forward and he, he kicked three really important goals and he took some important marks. And I thought he was just big in their win, big win for the football club for Port Adelaide. Um, so kudos to, to Jeremy Finlayson as well. And, and also, I, I will throw in there Higgins as well at the Saints. He just seems like he, he wants to kick him, you know? And, and it's just sometimes it's as simple as that. You need to sometimes be selfish inside 50 and want guys that want to kick the goal. You, you see teams overpossess going inside 50 and overpossess inside 50 as well. You know, you lock the ball in, you get a, a boundary throw in. You just need a dude that can take two steps and kick the damn goal. Jeremy Cameron did it twice or three times uh, in, the, in the game yesterday. He just said, just, just give me the ball. I'm going to have a shot. And he kicks him. The, the fourth player I want to talk about who I think is kind of sets the tone for teams and it's really important to have a guy like this in your team. And it's a trend as well. If you have a guy like this in your team, you really go a long way to winning games. And that is Tom Liberatore. Now, Tom Liberatore is the hardest player in the comp when he wants to be. When he's in there and he's ruffling around and he's just extracting the ball. And it's extraction. That's what it is. When you've got a guy that can put his head over the footy and go, I am going to win this ball, it, it's just, it's really hard to stop. It's really hard to stop a team when there's one guy in there that wants to win the ball out of the middle more than you. And then when the ball goes forward, he's got the ability to kick goals as well. So the first one is, you know, good players, outside guys that can kick goals. Well, if you can find a couple of inside guys that can kick goals as well, geez, your team is flying. And we know who the inside guys that that that, that do that. It's it's Oliver and, and it's Pendlebury. It's the guys, it's Lockie Neal. It's the guys that really are the, the top echelon players. And we see that in the Brownlow voting every year. It's the guys that extract the ball well and then can kick goals that end up really polling well. I think Dangerfield had his his best game of the season so far because he was good at the contest in the second half against the Hawks. And then he got on the outside and then he was able to kick a couple of goals as well. So I just, Libba was an absolute beast in that game. And I just thought he, he needed a shout out. And it's those extractors as well that are very important to, to winning games of football. And I know the Hawks got smashed, but Will Day is seriously good in the contest. He's as hard as nails. I hope he doesn't get rubbed out for that tackle. I think, you know, one of my biggest pet peeves at the moment is we tell the players, go win the footy, go play hard, go, you know, go in hard at the contest. There were videos on on uh, on, on social media the other night of Nick Dacos kind of not going for a footy. Now, he had, I think, 38 touches and was a, a top five player on the ground. And, you, and and people were going, oh, well, he can't be the best player in the comp if he, if he lets a ball go that goes at his, his knees or something like that. 
and you think he's a young player, he's got all the information, he's building all the new rules into his game as he goes, and, you know, oh, he gets wiped out on social media by media platforms, by all the journalists who go, who, who, who are saying, oh, you know, this guy should get weeks for tackling and this stuff, so, oh, you don't go a little bit hard, you get wiped out on social media by the journalists and the, and all those guys. Then the, you got a guy like Will Day. The ball's there. Someone picks it up. You lay a big, you lay a tackle. Oh, give him weeks. It wasn't two motions. It was one motion. There are unfortunate things that happen. I, I really don't like talking about the, the the tribunal and the and the MRO. But I don't know if anyone's seen the footage. But Witherden got knocked out in the in the derby last week. Jaeger went up for a mark. Witherden was running back with the flight, kind of in no man's land. Jaeger realizes halfway, oh my God, I'm going to collide with this guy who's running back with the flight. And he tucks his arm in. He makes contact. Witherden goes down with a concussion. Very similarly, this week, there was, there was no MRO. Nothing got reported from that game. Very similar this week, Tom Lynch is running at the ball, goes to take a mark. Alex Keith is running back like a headless chicken. He's got no idea where he is. He's not looking at the ball. He's running into two big for a big forward in in Lynch and a defender in in uh, Liam Jones. He's not looking at the ball, and Lynch kind of realizes, "Oh my god, I'm going to collide with this idiot running back at the flight, who's not looking at the ball." And he makes contact and he hits him in the head, and and now Lynch is going to the MRO, and it's just like, "Oh my god, there is no consistency." There is, there's nothing there to say this is, you know, even an ounce of worth of, of anyone's time. It just, it just makes me sick. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit over that. I did want to talk about one other trend, which is how important is a good Ruckman? I mean, God damn, the Pies lose uh, Darcy Cameron. And they don't, they look a shadow of what they had previously looked. The D's lose Gorn, but they, you know, whether it was smart or dumb, round one, everyone was saying, oh, they're idiots for having two big rucks on two big salaries. Now they're geniuses. It was a Grundy masterclass. It was an absolute masterclass. He had like 20 plus touches. He had 33 hitouts. He was everywhere on the ground. He looked amazing. And you just go, oh, God, thank God they went and got, you know, a second key ruckman for their team because the Ds didn't lose a step. They did not lose a single step. The games of uh, Tim English was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Tim English is a, a genuine star of the competition. One of the reasons that the Bulldogs have won two games is because Tim English is as good as he is. So important. The Suns, Wits doesn't play. Wits does not play. And the Suns don't fire a complete shot for the whole game. They looked useless. Now, Wits is one of their best players. And it just shows how important it is to get first use to your to your players. How important it is to have an aggressive Ruckman in there who's going to set the tone and allow your midfielders to have, you know, first touch on the ball. Because that's... I mean, that's what's ultimately what's most important is getting center clearances, getting the ball in there quickly and having a Ruckman that can drop behind the ball and take some some key marks in, in big spots and then become the extra midfielder on the ground like these good Ruckman do. It, 
it's just so important. And I think that we'll see that how, I mean, Nank is now out as well. So we've got Nank out, Gorn out, um, Cameron's out. It, it just is a really tough run for teams that don't have that key ruck. And we saw it in, in, in games. The teams that didn't have a ruck are, uh, they're in trouble. I don't know where Rowan Marshall is at. And we'll see if that affects if that affects the Saints. The Pies, they get next week. So I don't know. We'll see what, what Marshall's situation is. But, geez, it's tough running if you don't have one. And if you do have one, you are absolutely flying. So they're the kind of trends for the week. I think, you know, I don't really, there's no point bagging the, the bad teams. I think the Suns and the Hawks are in absolute hell. They can't, they've got a lot of work to do in a, in a lot of areas. They can't wrestle momentum back when it stops. I think one of the keys of the Clarkson era at Hawthorne was when another team kicks two goals, you lock down. And I think that Mitchell might be going for more of a, we're going to play our game plan no matter what the conditions are while we're early on in this rebuild so that the players get used to playing how we want to play rather than, okay, we're going to stop the way we play and change in the middle of a game. And I think it's leading to these massive runs of goals. I think Hawthorne have had got runs of five goals and 13 and nine and 13 in their first four rounds. So they just can't stop the nosebleed when, when you know, the damn wall opens. So that's that's kind of where that's at. The Suns, again, they, they just don't... When they miss one or two players, their forward line looks bad. You know, Raul has an off game and they can't seem to wrestle momentum back in game. So it's, it's, it's not looking good for them. It's concerning signs at Freo as well. Um, their forward line is just not that good. And, and like I said, with all of these game winners that 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 other teams have, Jezza and Kurnow and Mackay and Higgins and, and Rankin and, and guys like this, they just want to kick goals. You look at the Freo forward line and go, well, Tabernar isn't a key forward. I don't think he's very good. I think he's actually very bad. Now, he kicked a couple of goals on the weekend, but that's because they really don't have m- much else. They're looking for Jai Amos, this young, skinny kid. He's their long forward that they're kicking the ball to. And it's not just an... He's not really an option. You know, you, you go to the, the, other, the other side of the ground and Lockie Glant, who's like the fourth or fifth best option, is a better option than Jai Amos. So, you know, that's just kind of where uh, the Freo were at. And... I just think they, they need to fix it up because the synergy going inside forward 50 is, is a big deal. And if you can fix that, you can, you can, really, uh, you can really wrestle back some momentum in, in, in games and kick them when the other team might be on a bit of a run. But if you don't have that synergy, if you don't have that key forward that wants to kick a goal, if you don't have that release valve just to take some pressure off, you're going to lose a lot of big games. So... They're the trends. That's Cato Sports for the week. It was a big week in footy. Lots of winners, lots of losers. I hope you like the episode and I will see you guys next week.